0: Well, thank you for joining us we are getting ready for another edition of growing trends so before we get going we have penny kemley peggy Zukas, emily what is your last name ferguson. ferguson ferguson okay probably what we'll do ladies is just give a really brief introduction chris i'm gonna let you do that okay
1: Introduction to what?
0: Introduction to us recording and starting.
1: Oh gosh, yes. Hello everybody. This is Growing Trends. We've got some very exciting news for you. Pin back your lug holes and start listening. Over to you, Anne.
0: (laughs) First of all, what's a lug hole?
1: It's an earlobe.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, we do have exciting news. and It's very pertinent because so many people across the country are interested in helping their children... Be prepared for the future to grow their own food, and I'm really happy today to have Penny and Peggy, my dear friends that I have known for many, many years, and they're super involved in their local school program, helping the children be exposed to gardening. With them is Emily Ferguson, a a school teacher in that particular district. More about your role at the school, the grade you teach, and so forth, and why you chose to get involved in this program.
2: I teach second grade at our school. I love gardening. I grew up on a farm, and so I have a background, always being outside and growing things. And I had always had a dream of bringing the classroom outdoors and having children uh, be able to learn through growing and gardening. And I just never had the resources or the time or energy to do that. And when Peggy and Penny started coming, uh, their children started coming to our school, we just had a conversation in passing mm-hmm. about gardening and having a school garden. Peggy mentioned to me that she would like to do that, and I said, oh, I'd love to have one one day, and I forgot about the conversation. Several months later, mm-hmm. she came to me and said, hey, let's get that school garden going. So we started meeting, and that's kind of how we got rolling with our garden.
0: And why do you feel so passionate about it, Emily?
2: I just think that children really are not able to do the things that we were able to do growing up. They're not able to be outside. I have a friend who teaches at another school, and her school has a Lego club. We have our school garden club, and we were talking one day about how those are the hugest clubs that we have at our schools and how they have huge enrollment. And I uh, said to her, I think it's really sad that kids have to be in a club to play in the dirt and build with blocks.
0: <laughs>
2: so yeah, good it's an point. important thing for their development to be able to be connected with nature.
0: Mm-hmm. So Penny and Peggy, is, what was your motivation behind getting involved? I think
3: just like Emily, so much of our, like my grandparents' generation, everybody had a garden. No one really had to learn how to have a garden or grow a garden because it was passing on from generation. I learned from our parents how to grow a garden. And then I realized Peggy and I's parents were basically the last generation that was growing gardens in their backyard. In the lost art, really. it's almost like, it's like a lost art. And then the kids were I was realizing that the kids, just like you hear a lot of people say, they weren't real, realizing what work it took to raise lettuce or a carrot, and how much better it tastes in the garden, losing their appreciation where food came from. Yeah, it's not, yeah, how hard it, not, to grow yeah, how hard it is. to appreciate when you get a lettuce at the store, you know, it wasn't one day that lettuce grew. It took weeks. It took babying, you know, watching for the insects, the good insects and the bad insects, the watering. How much sun is it getting? What's the temperature outside? How long, you know, doesn't need to be covered, you know, and all these ways of protecting and helping your garden grow. So,
0: so what age, group, age groups have you included in this program? At the beginning, we started from kindergarten,
3: and then we went all the way up to fifth. But it's a good and bad thing. It was so popular that had to cut it just to first grade and on up to fifth because we really needed more parent involvement with the kindergartners because they really need more individual help, and we just didn't have the volunteers for that. And then we found out first graders, they don't need as much help. And no. then the fifth graders help a little bit with the younger kids. But mm-hmm. that was basically why we had to cut out the kindergartners. We just needed a little bit more volunteers.
0: So the older kids were kind of able to do a buddy system with some of the younger children? We would, have,
3: uh, we would split the groups up, and we'd have like a fifth grader as a, a leader. But we, didn't want, we wanted the fifth grader to also enjoy and the garden and not be babysitters. So we didn't want to, you know, that wouldn't be too fun for them. But if they were in a group and if they saw a child was planting the plant way too deep (laughs) or putting with the plastic container still on it in the dirt. (laughs) Yeah, that happened. Yeah, and uh, so that was really cute, watching kids, how how deep they would dig a hole. They almost buried the plant. And mm-hmm. then, um, the, mm-hmm. and the younger kids, you know, they just didn't realize you had to take the plant out of the pot. They were planting the pot in the dirt too. So they, these were just very basic, simple things about gardening that they had no idea. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. you know, how to plant a plant in dirt.
0: So, did you so start with seeds with any of the plants, or did were most of them already like a bedding plant? We did both. We did some seed,
3: and then some we would bought. Some um, collard greens,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. We broccoli.
3: went broccoli. We went basically Home Depot and some other nurseries, 'cause uh, we could. 'Cause our garden. Uh, one thing about school gardens, you only have so many months, and then the kids leave. So we have to have plants that book. <laughs> we can't have a plant that takes too long of a time to develop. So then we have to get our garden going, so kids have things to do and pick and look at. Then, then we also had the seeds so they can see how germination takes so place. We, yeah, we use like, radishes because that's quick. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the kids, for some reason, I was surprised. They loved the radishes. They love the radishes. And then uh, we did lettuce <laughs> because that's quick. Spinach. Spinach was quick. One thing we found out that we did Brussels sprouts. We did buy those plants, but that took way too long. Can't do Brussels. We can't do Brussels because uh, by the time they were forming Brussels, the garden club was over because we ended it in December. Yeah, December mm-hmm. 2nd. And so, that, so we, had a, we learned with our first garden what plants work and what plants didn't. And we planted more seeds, our first garden club, and we realized it took too long because it gets, you know, darker, the temperatures start to drop the plants start slowing down in their growth. But it was good for the kids to see that. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. good for them to see it, but you know, they want to be able to pick. So. And so we learned the second time that mm-hmm. to buy more plants and fewer seeds mm-hmm. so we can have a quicker garden for them to pick. And then they can replant the seeds more often, mm-hmm. especially the the lettuce mm-hmm. and the radishes. I tell you what really has done well is our cabbage. we mm-hmm. We've always had success with our cabbage, and then we would make cabbage soup. Yeah, or that's slaw. another thing. Did you want to tell them how we break our garden up in zones?
2: I can. Do you, do you want us to keep going, or do you have another question? Or? Yes.
0: No, keep going. We're loving
2: this. Everything you can share, just talk. We learned that the kids really want some ownership over their plants. So um, all of everything we've learned has been through, of course, trial and error, but we found after our first season that they really wanted a bed that they could call their own. Mm-hmm. So we keep them in groups, and they are. we have 10 raised beds. We color-coded our beds, and then the groups, so we have a red group, a blue group, and a green group. Those kids stay with that group, and then they they know which bed is theirs and which plants are in their bed so that they can really watch that, that plant go from the time they put it in, either as a seed or as a slip, up until harvest really enjoy having that ownership. They know, oh wait, no, those aren't mine. Mm-hmm. This, I'm blue group, these are my plants, so. And another mistake we made with well, the first time we
3: did our garden club is that we didn't have the different um, zones. We didn't have red group, green group, or blue group. So when it was harvest time, and the first group came in, cause everybody, all the beds were everybody's, they swept through and picked like Everything mm-hmm. kind so, of like locusts. <laughs> like loc- <laughs> so when the second group came, they the, had a little bit to pick. They had a little bit to pick, and by the third group, there was nothing to pick. So, <laughs> so they were disappointed. We, they were disappointed, and you know, it's one of those things we didn't even think about. We thought there, we <laughs> we thought that it was. They, we well, didn't think about them picking everything. I guess we we were just naive there, but. That's why another reason we broke it in zones, and we found out the kids really like having their own color group. Yeah. That's, that's their garden. That's, you know, ownership. They then, take care of. So yeah. now when we said you can harvest, but they only harvest the red boxes. Yeah, okay. Red harvest red boxes. And there's mm-hmm. nothing we don't have to watch, and they're really good about harvesting mm-hmm. their own boxes. So mm-hmm. it really helps color coding them. Mm-hmm.
0: So how have and, you funded this project? PPO <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to mention
2: us. Yeah, over two thousand dollars. We were very lucky to uh have a very supportive uh parent teacher organization and when we decided that we wanted to do this we put together a really um we put together a plan, we got it approved by our administration and then when we went to the PTO, we said, "Okay, we think we can start with just three boxes because garden boxes can be kind of expensive, and they were fine with that. We got it started. It looked so good, but mm-hmm. and they were so excited that they funded us for more, and that's when we did our original ten beds, and they give us they give us some money each year now, each semester now to keep going with what we're doing. But we have written a grant, hopefully, we'll find out in March, to expand and get even more beds. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: So with that $2,000, you've really been able to stretch it. And I know, Peggy and Peggy, you've told me that you were, we were talking about how you've used the produce to cook meals for the children. And you've had mm-hmm. some surprising reactions to some of those meals. you want to tell us about that?
3: Well, one of them was first was the basil. We're going to make pesto with basil. And Penny has a good recipe, and then when she made it, she goes, Peggy, it's green. They're not going to eat it. It's because it's green, they won't eat it. I said, Penny, it's from their garden. Let's just try it. So then what we've done, we've also divided our garden hour, split it. We have a craft time, a garden time. Then we have play time where they can play, like recess, and eat. And that's the time that they eat from the garden. So Penny made the pesto and set it out there. It was a hit. I was stunned. It was, it was completely gone. And then they demanded more. Each time they were expecting it, each time we had a garden club, they were asking, where's the pesto? And these are, this one said that, she says, my daughter doesn't eat vegetables, but she loves the pesto. So I had to give her the, re- not that I had to, but I willingly gave her the recipe, so she loved that. Right. And then this one, this one little girl, we're in the garden working and, and this little girl came up to me, and she pointed at this little boy. She goes, he says he doesn't like lettuce. So I went up to him, I was teasing him. I said, how can you be in a garden club and not like lettuce? And he was just, you know, smiling at me. And then, it wasn't a few minutes later, I see him with a piece of lettuce in his mouth, and that little girl came up to me. He said he likes the lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> lettuce, and so he didn't even want to try our garden lettuce because he assumed it was going to taste like the store, but it's softer.
2: We did a, last semester we did a taste test, kind of a blind taste test, Mm -hmm. between radishes that they had grown and store radishes, and then we let them vote, on we didn't tell them which one it was, and we let them vote on which one they liked best, and um, we had our school radishes won by a landslide. Yeah, landslide. So we want to do more of that, just helping them to see the difference between the things that they plant and how good it can taste when it's grown, you know, it's fresh and they've grown it and had a hand in it versus what they pick up at the grocery store. And
3: they have great pride when we Mm -hmm. have our big harvest day is taking food home to their families. They have a lot of pride to to, to know that they're going to be giving food to their mom and their dads and sisters because it's something they grew and uh, they always look really forward to the harvesting because they're so proud to give something to their family that they can actually eat. The children are workers. Mm-hmm. All right, but the kids in Garden Club, they're workers. They want things to do. They're yeah. willing to work. They love it. Yeah. But another have, story... you found
0: that, have you found that because they're growing these things themselves that they're actually trying foods that they would normally never have touched, or oh, is yeah, that not the case?
3: Oh, absolutely! No, totally. The one funny story about was when we made cabbage soup, and then um, Emily told the kids that that was it. Emily or Miss O'Neill? Miss O'Neill told the kids that there was a um, that Peg and I had a surprise for them. This is in the gym where they all meet before we go to the garden. She, so she says, "Well, Peggy, why don't you tell them what they're going to eat today?" And she says, "Well, she says we're going to have cabbage soup," and we there was this complete, complete silence. silence. And then there's this one kid that felt guilty, so you hear this one clap. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> they are like, we're excited so about cabbage soup. It, you know, so but, so when they went out and ate the cabbage soup. It was gone. It was gone. And, Completely gone. And so they, de- they wanted more cabbage soup. They wanted the recipe. So for something they, because then they see other kids eating yeah. it. And so once they see other kids eating it, you know, the kids are like, nah, I'm not going to try that. They end up trying it because they see their friends eating it. And they're eating it. I mean, they're like, this is good. Yeah, so the we have volunteers that help with the snacks. So they have to tell us, we have to tell children they're not allowed to eat any more cabbage soup. So <laughs> <laughs> <stay> for the <laughs> next. <one.
0: laughs> R- rules against soup rules now. You have to have <laughs> <laughs> a so. That's awesome. And how have you seen kids? Uh, you know, have you seen kids like talk about their future and how now maybe this would be something they would plan on doing for the rest of their lives, or maybe even somebody you expressing have an interest in farming best- or?
3: No, there yeah. are some kids are definitely going to be gardeners. Oh yeah, this one little boy, he loves the garden club. He and he told me, I said, because um, we have forty kids in our garden club, and so it was the last day of garden club. You know, that's when we did our harvest and all this stuff. So that week, a math mom, I help out with the math, and one of the little boys that's in our garden club, I asked him, I said, so how did you like the last day of garden?" And his whole demeanor went into a slump. And I go, oh, no, he's going to tell me he doesn't like it. Because kids are truthful. They'll yeah, kids are truthful. <laughs> truthful. They don't lie. And his whole demeanor went down. He goes, my mom told me. Nick, She goes, Nick, she goes, I forgot about Garden Club today. And she totally depressed me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, really
3: miss- I know, it's whole demeanor. And he tells me how much he likes the garden. And he says for his birthday, he wants a garden kit. And he says he wants, I said, he wants to grow up and be a farmer. He
2: wants to grow up and be a farmer. <laughs> he wants to grow his <laughs> food. We've had several families tell us that they've tried gardening for the first time or that they've added something just to their backyard, whether mm-hmm. it was just tomatoes. For the summer, that they're beginning to do things like that because their kids are encouraging them after coming mm-hmm. home from garden club.
0: Mhm. Well, isn't and, that interesting? So the trickle down effect is kind of going in the reverse. It's coming from the kids yeah. <laughs> and bringing yeah. it back to the home. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. And that's another thing.
3: The kids, I, I like. I like how our garden club set up. Like Peggy had mentioned, we have the different zones. We have the garden part, and then. What? Is that about twenty minutes? We Nina's have twenty about,
2: minutes each, yes.
3: Each session, each session is twenty minutes. So once they're done with done with garden, then they go to the craft area and that's where Emily's in charge and she incorporates a craft with garden. Something that deals with gardening education. or
2: education with insects, beneficial insects. We made bird bird feeders mm-hmm. and then we spend a lot of time talking about beneficial insects because The kids think every insect they see is a bad one, Mm -hmm. and we do have some bad ones in our garden, too. So we Mm -hmm. talk about which ones to watch out for and the other ones that we want to attract and how to do that. We also spend a lot of time making things that will add beauty to our garden Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. The kids make scarecrows. They also make plant markers for the garden, and we learn about the different plants and some some of the benefits. We try to keep it fun and light, but also Sneak in some education
1: mm-hmm. as well. We, we, um, sorry, well, this Emily, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Well, we we interviewed the Kaufman Memorial Garden earlier in the year. The uh, gardener there, or horticulturist, was following a French thing where they actually have. I suppose you'd call them like birdhouses, but they're actually for insects so they can overwinter. And they they make them in different ways, put them so that the beneficial insects can actually survive a winter up here because it's pretty cold, and then come out and do all the necessary things with connecting with all the other plants, which I thought was rather fun.
3: Yeah, we had one of that. We were going to do that, but we ran out of time, but we were going to make an insect home for the lacewing. But we never got that. Yet.
1: So would you – here's an interesting question. One of the things that we've been working on is a kit whereby the kids can actually, in science, produce a grow pod that enables them to carry on growing plants outside of the normal growing periods. So in other words, it actually enables you to uh, continue growing indoors if necessary. And do you, do you think something like that would work?
3: I, I think it would be interesting towards – maybe the end of our garden club, something mm-hmm. that they can take, take home. home. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I think
3: it would be interesting, especially in the fall and December mm-hmm. when our, we're closing our garden, they could take like a little garden pot and take it home. Would I they guess.
1: go for the, I mean, you you can grow all sorts of things throughout the season. and. Mm-hmm. What it would mean, though, is that um, a lot of the plants that they would be growing, apart from, say, lettuce, Swiss chard, and things like that, would be things that perhaps they're not used to growing. Would that make a difference?
3: Well, I think anything educational makes a difference. <laughs> so yeah. even me, I go, well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could try that myself.
1: <laughs> well, you certainly yeah, could, actually. You'll be surprised. I mean, that my feeling was that, what we're trying to do is show people that there's a possibility that you can actually grow from the whole twelve months of the year. And, oh yeah! And it, but it's just different, you know. It, the plants and things, depending on what zone you're in, depends on what you can actually achieve.
3: Hmm. Now, have and you so, done it? Do you have a oh, grow pot? You planted anything like that? Yeah,
1: we we actually um, yes. Absolutely, but then zones in England were seven and eight, so I could grow almost anything I wanted. One of the things that we did here this year, just to show people, I got the local university to take a hoop house and, and grow lettuce, and then I got them to put an extra hoop inside the hoop house in the raised beds, and the planting was spectacularly different. I, oh. I, I can send you the difference. I mean, it's like 50% increase in growth, and the wow. temperatures were constant throughout the season. It, it's, it's amazing, the difference. I mean, okay, um, unbelievable, actually.
2: I think that is something that we are interested in is how to, now that we have our kind of a handle on what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, is how we can extend the growing season and offer it okay. longer to more children so that we can get in more things for them to grow. We, are, we have been kind of limited by our semesters and by our seasons, but that would be wonderful to expand.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we can, we can certainly do that. One of the things that we're also doing, which will probably create a little bit of excitement, is that shortly we should be able to link up with a, um, a village in um, Zimbabwe, isn't it, Anne? I believe so. Yep, yeah, in, in Zimbabwe in Africa with kids there that are growing things as well. And wouldn't mm-hmm. it be fun just to have the two compare? I mean, obviously they are different f- fruits and, discuss- and vegetables <laughs> and things, but w- wouldn't that be just wonderful if we could do that? Oh, oh, yeah like to
0: bring two cultures together like
3: Happy.
1: that uh, absolutely,
0: two completely mm-hmm. different parts of the world It'd be fascinating,
1: yeah, the beauty is that for everyone to see the diversity that we're really talking about, mm-hmm. which is you know, and that's an opportunity to learn then
0: mhm mm-hmm. if you have a cookbook that the children can take with them and use at home with their parents for the, some of the fresh vegetables that you're creating? That's a, you know, that'd be something we haven't done yet, but we
3: definitely want to get that done.
2: Mm-hmm. We do often send home recipes for certain things that, that we're sending home, and, like, we've sent the recipes for the pesto and the cabbage soup and some of the favorites. I do think that a Garden Club cookbook would be mm-hmm. an awesome thing to do. hmm Yes.
0: Fundraiser. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what I'm thinking <laughs> what other kind of plans or have you even had a chance to think about it now that you've done this how many years three years so this is our second mm-hmm. So we're still okay maybe. okay well, what so do you have decide? any idea of what you're looking forward you know kind of the goals that you have for the garden club for the next several years I mean, I know eventually your children, Penny and Peggy, are going to outgrow that school district and move on, and, you know, Emily will still be there probably teaching second grade, and so she can carry the torch. What is the – do you have? Have you thought about that at
2: all? What kind of plans for the future? We would love to – I would love to see as a teacher the garden being utilized more Mm -hmm. during the school day by students and teachers together. And that had been our original plan when we first went in, was, okay, we'll give every teacher, you know, every grade level can have a garden bed, and then we'll keep a few for garden club. But we had so many students sign up for garden club (laughs) (laughs) that we kind of took them back. (laughs) We we realized that even though there's plenty of opportunities for the garden to tie into everything that you're doing in the classroom, teachers just aren't really um, prepared to integrate that into their day, and they're not really sure how to do it. And and so hopefully we can see that begin to be something that even if a kid is not in the garden club at school, they're going to be experiencing the garden hopefully with their teacher and learning. But that's a long range. How can we... I
3: think the garden the first year really caught hard. They were nervous. They were kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. Like Emily said, they hadn't really incorporated. But I know the second year the garden is becoming more popular. It's kind of like we are just hidden a bit. But, and the word of mouth is getting more out and the kids are excited. And another thing I, I like about our garden, where yes. it's located, you, and can, y- you can see it from the parking lot. It has We planted it where it has a sidewalk all the way around it. So the special ed kids, they come out and they push them with the wheelchair around the garden. So every day they get to see the garden and they get to see the changes. And before it was just a boring dead zone. There was nothing there except short grass and a wall. Now that people, all the teachers, just people but go the special there. Special ed teachers have really said they've really enjoyed the garden because they do take their children out and they're able to walk all the way around and look at it. I believe it's a relaxing time for them.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that's interesting. So they have the flowers. You know, there's a there's a, a village in England where they've taken all the open spaces in the in the uh, village and planted them with food, and there's a little sign on it that says "Help yourself."
3: Oh, interesting!
1: How yeah, much it's, is that? it's it's um it's I'll, I'll send you a link. But it's, it's become quite well famous now because they've they've covered a huge area of the village. Well, actually, it's a town. And all the open spaces that are not formal gardens and things have fruit in it and vegetables and things, and anyone can help themselves as they walk past.
3: That's a great idea. I like that. Isn't it? Yeah. I, I think yeah.
1: it's a wonderful idea because it, it, it teaches people back to nature of where things come from. You know, on... And, and,
3: um, to continue with that, that's interesting because we have a box of pansies, only pansies, and then in front of the school is we have a box of pansies for for decoration. And then I said, "Well, our garden box pansies, we never have a flower. Well, to, cause it, we we taught that we, we taught them, yeah, that you can eat the pansy flower. And so <laughs> apparently during recess time, the kids must be eating the flowers because they never bloom." <laughs>
1: Well, here, here's something that you'll really love. I have a very new book that's not been released yet that we are going to do a review on, and it's called Eat Your Roses, Pansies, Lavender, and 49 oh. Other Delicious Edible Flowers. Oh, awesome. So I must. Um, yeah, isn't that awesome? So yes. we, we will um, put you in touch with the uh, authoress, who is Denise Schreiber, and see what we can come up with.
0: Yeah, because it would be interesting to incorporate. Those mm-hmm. edible flowers, in I mean pansies, nasturtiums. I know those are edible. Into your, um, into oh, yeah. your vegetable garden beds, That's what the kids like. It, they're pretty. And, yeah, and
3: they're, exactly. They, they, when we tell them they can eat a pansy flower. They look at you like, what? know. <laughs> are, <you trying laughs> are you trying to kill me? And I said, <laughs> so eat one, and then once we show them they can eat a pansy, it's and they're mowed over. I mean, and we have to limit them because we have three groups. Okay, <laughs> you can only have three pieces because we have to save it for the other
0: group. So now, you know, Penny and Peggy. I know when we've talked about your garden in the past in the Garden Club, you've expressed that really the secret to it, even getting off the ground at all, was you. It was essential that you had a connection, someone on staff who was a yes. who was willing and able. To support your efforts and kind of be your advocate, and that's yeah. what Emily has done for you. So I, I I know Emily's played a played a really crucial role there in your in your little in the development of the program. So Emily, from you, what would be your suggestion to I mean to get people over that hump of being intimidated by a garden club and taking this on? Have you found that it is a big load, or, or just that it's sort of become something that's given you energy instead of taking away from your
2: day. Well, I definitely love it. I mean, it is a passion for me, and it is one of my favorite things to do. I think the biggest thing is finding a, some support people who can do some of the heavy lifting. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, you know, I would teach all day, and then we would go out in the spring when we first started Building this, several and we go out and and work in the afternoons, and I would be uh, you know beat. But these guys just kept. <laughs> <laughs> and even when we first mentioned it, I think what took from being an idea that was a great idea that we never did to to a reality was that we just set a meeting date, and I, mm-hmm. I don't remember what day of the week it was. I think maybe it was like it started in February. It was like on Wednesdays or Tuesday mornings before school, and these ladies just kept showing up every week, <laughs> and we would sit and talk about how are we going to do this, and, and we just really worked through lo- the logistics. Mm-hmm. And, but but the main thing was that having a, at least... I dependable think, people. Yeah, at least three people that are really dependable, that are committed, mm-hmm. um, one person alone could, mm-hmm. I, there's no way I could have done it, and then I don't think they could have done it without no. that school connection that mm-hmm. I had kind of knowing how things work and mm-hmm. who you need to talk to first and where you need to get permission. So all of those things working together, but also just the committedness. And we did take a lot of time with our plan. We did get a landscaper out who came and gave us some mm-hmm. of some, some, his opinions and his advice about where would be a good location and some things about how to build our garden. Built it kind of low maintenance, as low maintenance mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. It took us about six months to mm-hmm. get the thing built from the time we started, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to did, get it ready.
3: Did we send you pictures, Ann, of the before? And uh,
1: no, I don't think so. But we would love some.
3: We can. Yeah, we'll it's have. It's Facebook.
2: But we really took a long time getting it to the point where it wouldn't be a weed patch. Right. You know? <laughs> that uh, is our main thing. And
3: another thing, Penny and I, we went through school, and we were looking at other schools' gardens. Fortunately, Pen and I found out school gardens are high-risk failure. And a lot mm. of times the teacher leaves. Yeah, the teacher leaves. No support or poor planning. Some of the gardens we went to, they just weren't laid out well, which was good for Penny and I because we realized the garden beds, they, they wanted to put them too close, almost like a, like two feet apart. But I realized you got sometimes 40 to 50 kids. So ours are over four feet apart, so they have more access. Room around each box. Yeah, you want room around your boxes. And then we found out that some of these were hidden. You never could see them. So Pete and I decided, and Emily, we wanted some arbors, arbors up that stuck up way up in the air so people actually could see the garden. And actually, when we put the um, mm-hmm. arbors the up. arbors up, immediately parents were asking, what are the arbors for? Even though we already had the beds down, but it's because it was height, people could see it. Yeah, them. you can see it from the parking lot. And when before the arbors, you know, the, the garden beds are low. No one could see. But when we put those arbors up... It made a difference. It made a difference. And it, it made the garden look so much prettier. But because we have a path, a winding path that goes in, in the center of our garden from one end to the other. Because it's about 90 feet across mm-hmm. and 15 feet wide. Oh. So... So, and then we Do you have
0: plans to add any kind of fruit trees or berries in the future? Probably not fruit, fruit. trees because oh. fruit trees are difficult in Tennessee. Yep.
3: <laughs> fruit trees don't grow well. We're a nut state. <laughs> okay. A lot of spraying. We have an organic garden. We don't use any sprays. But berries are not like raspberries. Also, we yeah. have to plant berries when the kids are in school. Make sure whatever is ripe is ripe when the kids are, you know, can eat them. That's another thing you have to look for when you have a school garden. Our garden is only in operation during school time because we, you know, during the summer people are busy. Trying to get volunteers during the summer is not easy. So we just let the garden rest during the summer. Mm -hmm. And then, so we have to find plants, like we had mentioned
2: before, that can grow uh, from August. And then we ended in December. And then we started back in, we'll start back again next month. We start in Mm -hmm. February. 25th. Yeah, we'll start in February. And then, but our school gets out like the third week of May, so we have to hustle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: So so do you guys, do you talk about, I know you mentioned you talk about insects, and obviously you talk about the stages of growth for a plant and harvest time and so forth. Do you also talk about watering, and do you address things like fertilization? Mm-hmm. We tell them how the water,
3: not to spray the plant, but down low. And that's a slow process of learning.
2: <laughs> they're so yeah. happy to get, get water in their hands at school. You yeah, know, they're just thrilled. That's
3: a dangerous thing when they got the spray. <laughs> I was, was going to say. Water the plant.
0: Yeah, you ought to be there that, that happens. Yeah, I can well, funny cause just imagine you're... a second grade class with some hoses. Yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> See what happened? Yeah. You can imagine that's one of their favorite
3: things to do. I'm <laughs> you know, it certain was, of it. You know, I was really impressed though. They were they didn't water enough. They were so um, timid. Timid. Uh, in <laughs> the first year, we did about watering. Very timid. Like one squirt. That was it. Mm. And, and then they they were trying to be so perfect. So I have to say, our second year with the kids who've been through it once or come back, you can tell they definitely have learned. They're more confident in their watering, more confident in their planting. planting. More they, They're more confident in their insects. They're just more confident group. You can mm-hmm. tell, definitely. Know more what
0: they're doing.
3: Yeah, they know mm-hmm. what to do. Mm-hmm.
0: So as you're going forward, probably the possibility of, of using that buddy system, the older kids helping the younger ones step up in the program, will really come into effect.
3: Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially when we get to our first graders and, you know, they move up each year, they just... You know, they're just gaining more and more knowledge, and like you said, they're going to be telling the first grader, you know, much, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, because before the fifth graders even know how to the no do things. You know.
2: But our newer okay. fifth graders will; they've been through it. Uh, one thing that they really did not know, and it, it shocked me how many adults don't know this because of growing up on a farm. It's just kind of secondhand knowledge to me. Mm-hmm. Was the seasonality of plants?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, they just had had no clue. and In fact, when we first were starting the garden, I was talking to the teachers and, and we were going to have boxes for each grade level and I, I asked one of the teachers, well, what do you think you're going to plant? And this was, you know, August. And she said, well, I thought we could start with some sunflowers and pumpkins. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, we've really got to back up here <laughs> because those aren't things you can plant in Tennessee in, you know, late August or early <laughs> September. But learning now, these kids are learning why we aren't growing tomatoes at our school garden, why we don't plant those in September. Mm -hmm. Um, They're beginning to learn some of that seasonality of Mm -hmm. food. Because, you know, when you go to the grocery store, it's all there all the time. Yes.
3: Well, that was another interesting thing because the first year we did it, seriously, when we planted our seeds, because we meet every Every two weeks. Every other week. It's Mm -hmm. not every week. It's every two weeks. So it gives plants time to to grow. Replenish after a harvest. Yeah, replenish. But they thought once they planted, literally when they came, they were they, they were thought, ready to pick. They were ready to pick. They were going to get their lettuce. They planted their lettuce. Now we pick. And, and then, was, they were stunned that when it they wasn't ran, up. <laughs> they ran to their boxes and they were asking, well, where's the carrot?
2: Or <laughs> well, where's the lettuce?
3: Because it's been two weeks. Where are they? It's time to pick. And that's when they start realizing, oh, time. this is taking a heck of a lot longer, because <laughs> it took weeks before we could pick the carrots, and then the lettuce wasn't too bad, mm-hmm. but the carrots—that—that that was a big learning curve for them. <laughs> cabbage takes longer. Yeah, the cabbage takes the entire garden mm-hmm. time. That's one of
2: the last things. Yeah, thing that
3: we would
1: heart. take
0: a long time. Yeah. And well, Chris, do you have more to add, or can we let these ladies, nice ladies, go and thank them for their time tonight?
1: I think they've, they've been just wonderful. Uh, we would love some photographs so we can put them on the website for you, and we can send you some things Facebook. too then. I, I gave yeah, our
0: some. Facebook. Yeah, we have our Facebook page. And, so. uh, also and we
1: also have a website, DM. and we also have a, I, um, a blog can. site too that we write things on uh, whenever we can uh, write in cursive. You know, We'd love to keep you in touch with what we're up to and perhaps connect you with these um, ladies in uh, Zimbabwe. Oh, that
0: would be, be fun. That would be, yeah, be awesome. That would be fun. So for our listeners, no matter where they are, any place in the world tonight if or today, if they would like more information, make sure to visit us on GrowTrends, gro com, or growingtrends.org, dot org. You'll be able to access all of the articles we have about the different topics we've discussed and previous podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. And by contacting us that way as well, we would be able to get them in touch with you, Penny and Peggy and Elizabeth and Emily. If there's anyone who's interested in starting this kind of program in their own school, certainly we encourage people to reach out to us because this is something that's very Uh, key i think to the success of the planet and future generations is people young people learning how to grow their own food so thank you all for joining us i want to thank our listeners for tuning in tonight to grow grow trends growing trends and make sure to listen up for more information or watch for more information and pictures on the website and um, take care everybody